Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Joining me this fine, wonderful evening is Kyle. Hello, everyone. Um, every time I look at your Skype avatar, I feel like you're drinking. Is this, Are you drinking right now? Uh, not currently, but uh, I will this weekend. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Uh, also joining us tonight is Shannon. Hi, guys. And I introduced her last because... Uh, we do interviews from time to time on this podcast. We have a lot of fun. This is the first time both Shannon and Kyle are joining me for an interview. Um, and I have the pleasure of saying that this interview is Shannon's get. These are, these are, she roped these people in to suffer an hour with us. Um, but hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. So I will let Shannon take it from here and she'll introduce who we're going to talk to tonight. So tonight we have Steve and Abe from MacWolf Productions joining us to tell us a little bit about their Kickstarter that they just recently launched, as well as their other shenanigans they've been up to. So this is Steve. Hey, guys. And Abe. Hello. All right, that's what they sound like, and I will confuse their voices <laughs> with their names. I'm most assuredly going to do so, but... Uh, so, all right, uh, we have a thing when we interview anybody on our podcast. We used to start with one question, and everybody had to answer it. Now we have three. So I will ask the question we have asked every guest on this podcast. Even Shannon has been asked it. Kyle's been asked it. Uh, what is your geek cred? Uh, basically, like your street cred, what makes you a geek? What do you geek out about uh, either um, you know, currently, or what have you been a huge geek about in your life? That kind of thing. So we'll start with you, Abe. Uh <laughs> Well, I've been a geek since as long as I can remember. I started playing D&D when I was in sixth grade, which is before Shannon was born. <laughs> um, so D&D, gaming, video gaming, uh, movies, comic books, pop culture, um, pretty much you name it, I dabble in it. Um, jack of all trades on the geek front. So that's me. Do you have a, a game, a video game you're playing right now that you're really liking? Uh, I've been playing Andromeda. It's pretty good. Um, I am hooked on Overwatch. Um, that's been that's like crack. Anytime I get a chance, I try <laughs> and play it. So all right, very cool. What uh, I'll save that for later. All right, uh, Steve. Um, same sort of deal. Um, I actually met Shannon and Abe through a LARP. What Abe about twenty years ago? We've been doing that. Yeah, it's been a while. So, um, been hanging out with these guys for years, D&D, comic books, movies, gaming. I, I actually uh, jumped off of my Overwatch game so I could come join you guys tonight. So, <laughs> Oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite comic book character or certain title you like? Um, I, I, I'm a big Marvel fan. DC. Um, DC. <laughs> you, you, you can see this is a point of conflict for us nice um, <laughs> um yeah i mean i i grew up all things marvel okay. um i'll be honest uh old school x-men um back uh, in the day um uh-huh. and early wolverine i have uh, okay so i was gonna say i have to ask your favorite x-men is probably wolverine yeah right, i liked well, him before the movies we're done talking to you um <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally kidding. Uh, so DC is yours, Abe. Do you have a favorite book or uh, character? Uh, I grew up reading Justice League, so okay. Justice League America, Justice League Europe, Justice League International. Wow. Okay. All of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
And if you want a specific character, I gotta go Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Wow. All right. That's... We don't hear that often. I like it. No. <laughs> well, he's just kind of an ass. Yeah. Which I relate with. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, uh, Kyle, you have a question. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you guys could travel through time and visit any time period, which historical figure would you try to hook up with? <laughs> are we are we talking future as well? well yeah, um, sure. <laughs> sure yeah. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Enterprise. All right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do Kirk? Kirk is cool. Uh, I like Kirk a lot, but you know the Enterprise has well the the next gen Enterprise has a holodeck, so oh, okay. that's true. I feel like I feel like Kirk wouldn't be a challenge. Like Picard, no, he, he, Picard yeah, would, well, yeah, yeah. That's and at least with Picard, I'd get a few words in before I got shot. So <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Uh, is it who didn't answer Abe uh, Steve Steve ah uh, man that's a hard one um, who to hook up with in ancient history he's a history teacher oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have no idea how hard you made it I'm gonna have to say Marie Antoinette okay okay I like it I think that's a good choice yeah, yeah. yeah. alright good answers and then Shannon has our third question Okay, what do you think is the worst superpower? The worst. (laughs) Deep (laughs) thought. Wow. You can tell, yeah, we're we're thinking hard on this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not an easy question. (laughs) It's really a tough call. Yeah. There was that that The Worst X-Man Ever book. That was a pretty good book. His power was if he could he could explode at any moment, but then he would be dead. I'm I'm gonna have to go from the the guy from Doctor Horrible. What's his name? Moist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much the worst. Pretty gross. Oh, pretty gross gift. A, a plus for that reference. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Mm. If you have a superpower, at least you have a superpower. But it's to it's to moisten things. <laughs> Do you want it? <laughs> Only if I could control it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you have some control over it. It didn't look like he had much control over it. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, there was a um God, I don't even remember the title now. But there was a guy, he was completely invulnerable, but he had no other abilities, so he couldn't get hurt. But he couldn't, he, his body basically had a shield around it, and the only thing he could do was when he was eating food, it would break down just enough to where he could taste it. So he was uh, mm. extremely obese because he ate, because that's the only sense of feeling that he had was taste. So wow, I think that would suck. Yeah, that what? wouldn't be fun at all. Yeah, that was, that's a, that was a tough pull. You can be a super shield. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the size would be helpful, you know. Right, cool. right. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, let's dig into what we came here to talk about. Uh, you guys um, are launch- have launched a Kickstarter. Uh, your company called Mac Wolf Productions. I got to start there. Where did Mac Wolf come from? 
Um, in the LARP that Steve was talking about earlier, I'm part of Clan McGregor, so that's my fighting company. Mm-hmm. And Steve is uh, one of the wolves of Serenunos, so I'm a McGregor, he's a wolf. Um, we were screwing around one day, and I was like, hey, look, Mac Wolf Productions. And um, later, we started doing laser-cut artwork and clocks and different things and um when we decided to move it into an llc uh it was just natural we went with mac wolf productions <laughs> very cool i like it it's a good name yeah solid name all right um <clears throat> uh so yeah I, I, you kind of touched on it i think at the beginning uh, but how did you guys meet uh the first time we met this is an interesting story the first time we met I was teaching people how to juggle at the Colorado Renaissance Festival, and Steve was about what twelve? Twelve, yeah. And your and your grandma took you there. Yep. And he has pictures of us teaching him how to juggle. And then, about six or seven years later, we met up again, uh, fighting in Ampgard, which is the LARP we fought in. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until probably six or seven years after that that we made the connection that I actually taught him how to juggle <laughs> man I didn't even know that story oh see yeah <laughs> there you learned your one thing new today you come you come to a comic the time I geeked him for all all the news yep. <laughs> there we go so why don't you tell us a little bit more about what it is the kickstarter is for and like where you got that concept from Okay, so the uh, the Kickstarter is for the Essentials case. It's um, the first model of a series of gaming cases that we're going to be launching. Um, it's a little bit different. Um, a lot of the gaming cases out there are made out of wood materials. Um, we decided to take a little bit different twist on it. We made it out of clear acrylic. So a little bit different look to it, a little bit different style. Um, and really... Um, the, the idea came from Abe. We'd been doing a variety of different clocks and wall wall hangings and signs and different things. Um, and he uh, pinged me up one day and he said, hey, can we, can we do something like this? And he showed me a picture of uh, an existing case. And I said, you know, I, I can do that and, and we could do it better. So we kind of started brainstorming from there to figure out the best way to set it up and design it. Um, and then, you know, one thing led to another and here we are. Are, are well, either of you like engineers or tra- uh, tradesmen? We work in IT. Okay. Uh, so we have a lot of tech background, sure. but um, Steve's the one who does most of our design work and he just dabbles in the, in the software and mm-hmm. he's learned it actually quite well. And he's learned a couple of different forms of the software to help with building exactly this type of product so awesome yeah i i have um hobby add so i kind of bounce around (laughs) from thing to thing i hear you yeah i'm right there with you um okay uh i'm looking at i haven't watched the video i'm looking at the picture of the case itself or one of them i don't know if there's various types or is it the same case so the Kickstarter is for that um, basic uh, rectangle shape case mm-hmm. that's on the page. Um, we do have a coffin shape one that is part of our stretch goal. Okay. So if we hit, hit that stretch goal, we'll be offering that as an upgrade. Um, but those are the two that we're starting out with. 
So and we did we did partner with four different artists here in the Denver area. Um, we have Stan Yan, Zach Hennessy, Stephen Palawa, and Janet Macklin, and they're providing uh, premier engraving artwork for us, so that you can either get just a plain case with no artwork on it, or you can pay a little bit extra that goes to the artists, and they each provided five or six different pieces of artwork that you can choose to have engraved. Or if you want, you can give us a custom logo or design that you would like on the on the box, and we can do that as well. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at the the engravings, like the, the there's like a wizard guy, and then a woman with a bow and a staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very cool yeah, looking think, when it's on the I, on the case itself. Yeah, I think both of those are Zach Hennessy's artwork. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. The the artists we got on board with are really good at their craft. Yeah, I was looking at Stephen so. Powala's work. looks looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan Yan, he's he's famous around the Denver area for doing zombie catchers. So you could just walk up with your family and say, "Hey, turn us into zombies," and he does a caricature <laughs> of you as a zombie, and it's pretty amazing. So yeah, all his stuff is like zombie related. And he did a zombie children's book, and wow. uh, the artwork that he provided is all from that book. <laughs> okay, is yeah. is he the one who did that picture of you and your daughter? Yes. Oh, I love that one. He has yep. this great picture of his daughter sitting on his shoulders, eating his head. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, awesome. He, he's also the reason we have the uh, coffin shape case. When we first approached him, we're like, hey, you know, this is the project we're working on. Uh, we love your stuff. Are you interested? And he looked at me. He's like, you know, I'll do it on one condition. He's like, I want a coffin case. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're like, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, okay so it's called the essentials case for us uh people uh, i'll admit it i've never played D, so tell me what goes in the essentials case so it goes um basically the essentials you need for gaming are your dice mm-hmm. uh your pens and pencils and your miniature figurine and it has a slot for each of them it keeps your dice away from your pens and pencils. It keeps your pencils away from your figurines so that you're not chipping paint or um, getting lead on everything. Um, it, it's it's durable. Uh, the magnets we use have about four pounds of force each. So holding it to the lid to the case uh, holds everything nice and safe and contained. And you can just pick it up and go whenever you want to go game. So. Yeah, it looks real portable. Just throw it in a bag or just, you know, keep it in a pocket even, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because then you can set it on your shelf with your books or whatever. And then you don't have to worry about finding a pencil and your bag of dice. And... Right. Perfect. So this... What? this oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. So, so this case could be used for any type of game, not just D&D? Correct. Most role-playing games have the same type of essentials needed you need your dice you need your pens and pencils and you need your figures um and this could be used for any one of those okay good so it's a multi multi multi-functional gaming case so yeah yeah that's really good uh real quick if you can hear it in the background i apologize the roommate is playing nintendo very loudly um in the house (laughs) so if you can hear that i apologize (laughs) thanks it's a Ah. dull rumble so yeah. yeah he's got the subwoofer on maximum <laughs> I go what play is he house. playing he's either playing <laughs> breath of the wild or injustice i'm not sure uh, what else does MacWolf productions make what else do you want to make in the future um so so we started out we did uh clocks 
um, it actually started out, um, Abe, you know, showed me a picture and said, Hey, can you, can you do this clean on clock, uh, for me, um, for a buddy of ours for his birthday and we made it and it, and it looked awesome. So we started making some more and then throwing around some different designs and, uh, that's where everything kind of branched out of, um, since we started working on those, um, we've, um, uh, geez, we've made all sorts of things. We've made lanterns, signs, um, big ass Captain America shields that light up and glow. Ooh. Um, yeah. Um, actually, same guy we made the first clock for too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he hired us to do the Captain America shield. He got a. We have a little. It's like a Stargate nightlight that just runs oh. off a nine volt battery and has a little toggle switch on it, and you click on it, and the Stargate lights up. Mm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It, I love Stargate. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a, one thing we've determined doing this is there's a billion fandoms out there and everyone's like, you should do this. And we're like, yeah, we should. Okay. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> yeah. Well, give me a half hour. I'll have it. <laughs> well, when yeah. you guys said lanterns, do you mean like the green lantern and the other lanterns, lanterns, or like a... Uh, More like, like a, a lantern. Chinese lantern, like a paper okay. lantern. Um, we did 40 of them for the Tennyson Center. They had a charity dinner uh, just last weekend, actually. And we did 40 lanterns for the centerpieces for their tables. And uh, they gave us this beautiful award for it, uh, for, wow. for donating to them. So that was awesome. Yeah. And if you're listening and you want to see pictures of what we're talking about, check out their Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash MacWolfPro. Mac, M-A-C. Yes, like the Mac. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Go ahead, Steve. But yeah, but yeah um, so looking forward, um, some of the stuff we're planning on doing, uh, we have an entire line of different gaming boxes planned out, um, both wood and acrylic. Um, we got a couple prototypes we're working on, everything from like the small essentials case that you see in our Kickstarter, all the way up to a, a big ass case for uh, whoever's running the game, the dungeon master case with room for books and dice towers and all sorts of crazy stuff oh, in it. Cool. Uh, yeah, um, Abe has a prototype that he lugs around with him everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, lugs uh, around is accurate because it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous and it's amazing, but it's huge. <laughs> that sounds and, awesome. And then yeah. um, one of the things that we, we really want to get into as well is just providing laser cutting services. Um, we spend a lot of time looking in. Um, Abe does a lot of cosplay, and um, I spend a lot of time looking into different things that are out there. And one of the things that uh, we're hoping to be able to provide is uh, cutting services so people can send us their designs and their patterns, and we can cut things out of wood, leather, foam, all, all the different components that you might need for a, a good cosplay. So that's one of the directions we're hoping to take it as well. So we can get yeah, we've also done some signage for other vendors um, uh, with the acrylic, with a wood backing, with a LED light strip. And it just when you engrave in the acrylic, it, it literally glows hmm. wherever, wherever it's etched, it glows. And uh, a lot of people like the sign we use at conventions. And we just uh, we were just commissioned to do one for uh, what is it? Cosplay much, I think. Yeah, cosplaymuch.com. Um, it's a friend of ours' mom. 
that actually runs it. You'll see her at all the all the local Colorado and Western area conventions. That's awesome. Yep. Speaking of conventions, what conventions are you guys planning on hitting this year? Um, so we we just wrapped up with Cheyenne Comic Con, um, which was pretty cool. Met a lot of really good people up there. Um, we actually just got invited to share a booth down at DCC. Um, we had gone on the original uh, wait list to try to get in, um, but we weren't able to get in. Um, another vendor at Cheyenne Comic Con actually approached us and asked us if we would like to partner up with them. So uh, we're going to be down at DCC. And then I think uh, for the rest of the year, it's going to be a matter of figuring out schedules and um, especially figuring out schedules once this uh, Kickstarter wraps up because we may be a bit busy. Hopefully, yeah. right? Hopefully. That's the goal. Yeah. That's really awesome. I've never heard of a share a booth, but it's, I love that nerds are so like willing to help each other. That's fantastic. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the vendor we're in is Whimsical Whiskers and she's been at several of the conventions we've been at and she's been, you know, like a advocate of getting us into places and she's been really helpful in just introducing us to what it's like to be on the vendor side of the table and um she asked us uh if we wanted to share her table at dcc and we asked if that was allowed and so she messaged them they emailed her right back and said um we, we're not going to have our own line item on the in the brochure for the the con but what she does with her space she can do whatever she wants so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great question yeah. I want to ask. Uh, you know, I've attended many cons uh, now since starting this website and this podcast, you know, both as fan and as a member of the press. But what is it like being on that side of the table, uh, the vendor table, like uh, it's, the, the random it's people? And yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's freaking exhausting is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that is it's, absolutely true. You, you got to keep the smile on the face. If you deal with somebody who's grumpy or somebody who's, you know, annoying, you just got to smile and deal with it and and move on. And then when the day's over, you realize that, you know, all your people points are spent. You're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's which is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Good. Uh, It's it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's exhausting. You get to meet all sorts of different different people. Um, my, my favorite part, um, and it's just my favorite part of conventions in general and being a vendor plays right into it is the people watching, getting to see all the different (laughs) costumes and meet people. And, um, when you're a vendor, it's pretty cool because, you know, you're, you're kind of in one spot and you just get to watch everybody walking by and meet Mm -hmm. the people that come to your booth. So it's pretty badass. Yeah, that is a good point. You don't ever really miss anybody because you're traveling in the opposite circle of them. You know, you're in one place. Eventually, everybody rolls around to you, so you do get to see pretty much everybody. Do you, uh, any any celebrities from these cons ever stop at your booth? Uh, we had um, uh, there was a cosplay couple that were there that were at Cheyenne that came and hung out at our booth for a little bit. Um, nobody ever really stopped and sat there and chatted with us, mm-hmm. um, specifically. Um, but people have walked by and made, you know, just commentary like, oh, cool stuff, you know, that type of thing. And then they just walk on. They were just seeing what was there. Sure. Yeah. I, I almost got stepped on by Lou Ferrigno at Cheyenne Comic Con. That was about <laughs> as close as I came. 
<laughs> that's something. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think he saw me. He just kind of went past. But yeah, that's my claim to fame right there for that one. <laughs> I think it's exhausting enough just dealing with people when I'm not cosplaying or a vendor. But you guys both have made some pretty incredible cosplays. Would you say that you prefer cosplaying over vendoring, or which one's more difficult? Do you hope to do both? What? Um, I'm finding that doing both is very difficult because either I'm working on manufacturing stuff for MacWolf Pro or I'm working on doing costumes for myself or my kids. Um, doing both is extraordinarily time consuming. I have a very tolerant wife, which is amazing. <laughs> Step one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both have very tolerant wives to be allowing us to, to do this, um, which is very cool. They've been super supportive all the way through. Um, tolerant think- and beautiful because you know yeah. they're going to listen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, well, you're no. not wrong. I, what, yeah. I don't know how I got mine, but she loves me, so I win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tricked mine. I just hope she doesn't figure it out. Well, now you told her, so the ruin. <laughs> uh, Cats I, out I of the bag. That all the time. <laughs> um, that's that's a good question. Did they share your interests? Are they like coming? Would they have you know before you were a vendor? Would they come to cons with you? Do they partake in the cosplay? Do they play you know the RPGs with you? Anything like that? Your your wives? Uh, my wife plays D and D with me. Um, she's not really so much a gamer from the video game standpoint, mm-hmm. and she's done some cosplay, but she's not. Um, super into it the way I am. Sure. Uh, she she calls herself the support staff. She she carries <laughs> the water and the snacks, and she makes me take breaks when I'm in a big, giant, heavy, hot costume, and I'm I, I'm too into being in the costume than to realize that I'm about to fall over. So she <laughs> makes me take a break and take a drink and keep moving. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Likewise, my my wife plays D and D with us. Um, she actually, um, we did a uh, couple costume um, last couple Starfests that was pretty cool. Um, I did Oogie Boogie, and she did a, a gender bend Jack. Um, and it's fantastic. It's so good. And and Jack has never been so fucking sexy. You have no idea. Does it confuse Sorry. you? Does it confuse you? I went into my own little world there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> she really does look incredible, though. Like, holy cannoli. I feel like I can't see any other Jack Skellington costume again. It won't It won't amount to the same thing. <laughs> uh, to kind well, of speak... Oh. Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, well, speaking of cosplay costumes, what have been like some of your uh, best best ones that you have done personally? Uh, for me, there's two. The first one that really blew up was my Iron Giant. Um, is about eight and a half feet tall. I'm on stilts. Um, I took it to Starfest uh, Endeavor in. I think it was 2014, and um, then I did DCC that same year. And it was literally I couldn't move because people were swarming me to get pictures. <laughs> and then uh, this last year, I've done uh, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. So the blue face paint, the the mohawk. I have an arrow that lights up and everything, the big leather trench coat. Um, that's probably my best costume. That's the one I'm most proud of. Do people make you whistle? Nice. 
I don't think he heard you, Dave. Oh, do do people make you whistle? Uh, they try, but when your face is painted blue, it's really hard to make any sound when you try and whistle. <laughs> sure. And now, now you're going to get a lot of people asking you to yell out Mary Poppins. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm actually getting a Mary Poppins dress in the mail. Oh, awesome. Days. And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do Mary Poppins. I love it. I've never loved you more in this moment. Yeah, I hope it fits. I got the plus size one. It was as big as they made them. Because so. <laughs> I'm not a small guy. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, well, I'm staying on the cosplay side of things. Uh, when people come up to take pictures, I've always kind of wanted to ask the cosplayers this because you know I go to them as press and we get lots of pictures of cosplayers. Uh, what's what, what 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 would you prefer when a random person comes up to you and says, "Hey, can I take a picture? Are you are you are you are you happy, proud of your accomplishment, or what? What's going through your mind when all these people are asking oh, yeah, for your picture? Yeah. I mean cosplay for me anyway uh it started with my kids i started making them costumes and then everyone's like well what are you gonna do so i started making them for me and for me it's all about the attention you know (laughs) getting pictures um people saying hey that's awesome you know just hitting those things like you'll never see me walking around in a deadpool costume not because i don't like deadpool i think he's cool i just think there's a million of them Mm So I want to do the, like, I could have been Star-Lord from Guardians, but I didn't. I wanted to be Yondu because I knew almost nobody else is going to do that costume. So Before. <laughs> I don't know about now. Yeah. <laughs> now they're probably going to be coming out the woodwork. But, yeah. Um, at least I like to do the stuff that, like, characters people love sure. that they can relate to, um, but are not, you know, a dime a dozen. And I like to do it fairly custom work that I'm I can be proud of that I I achieved myself mm-hmm. and I try not to buy a ton of the costume I mean I'm not going to reinvent the wheel I'm not going to like sew a jumpsuit if I can just go buy a jumpsuit but sure. um I I, I, w- I like to have that personal touch to it as well so yep now, for for me, my uh, my main costume that I've done, and I I just started doing some of the cosplay stuff, so I guess it'd be the um, the oogie boogie. Um, and honestly, when it comes down to it, it's uh, it's fun to see people enjoying the fandom that you picked to represent. Mm-hmm. So so like Nightmare Before Christmas is is just a family institution across so many groups nowadays. Right. Um, and it's awesome to see like the dad come around the corner and be like, oh, that's awesome. And the mom come around the corner and just be like, Squee! <laughs> and then and then then their little toddler come running full bore into me to give me a hug. And uh, it, it's just very cool. Um, it gives it gives you a good feeling. It, it's fun to see people enjoying the things that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun to have that connection. I feel like if I saw a boogie in a costume as a kid, I would not want to hug him. <laughs> See, that's the fascinating part to me. Is uh, I'm the, it's the bad guy, right? You know, yeah. should be the one that you run away from. But no, these little kids are like oogie boogie, woo, and, <laughs> and they love it, it. So it does give you that rock star sense, and you you always hear rock stars say you feed off the crowd, you feed off the crowd. Um, I, I really got a glimpse of what that's like when I was in my iron giant, because you'd have people running up to you and be so excited to meet you. And, and you're not, you know, they're not meeting you. They're meeting this iconic figure from a movie. (laughs) Right. And it, it really does 
amp you up and you keep going. And again, that goes back to my wife, you know, telling me when I need to take breaks because I don't realize it because I'm feeding off the crowd. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you guys have like a one fandom that you just can't get into? Like you just don't understand it. That is pretty like like I just can't get into Supernatural as hard as I've tried. I just don't understand the obsession with it. Is there anything like that for you guys? Wait, what did you say? What, what, which fandom for you? Uh, Supernatural. Mm. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm in the same boat as Shannon. I cannot get into Supernatural. I don't, I don't pick my friends very well. <laughs> <laughs> See, I tried Supernatural. I watched like five episodes, and I was just like, eh. And I never went back. And I've I have a million friends that just really have said how amazing it is, and they want me to go back and watch it. But there's so much out there that yeah. once you fall behind, it's hard to catch up on anything. Very. Yeah. For me personally, um. That's a really hard question because I'm pretty easy to please. Um, <laughs> Gotham. Mm. I watched one episode of Gotham and I'm like, I'm out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was completely predictable. Um, and, and I guess it's gotten better. But the first episode was like, OK, you have the bad cop who has a heart of gold, who's not really a bad cop, but he's a bad cop. And then you have all the villains from Batman that, you know, will never get caught because they become Batman's villains. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My problem with that show is those villains were created because of Batman. Like they were an answer to him. Right. And so it throws me out. I, I tried so hard to want to like it. I, I like a lot of the actors involved and uh, I think I'm done with it. And I'm kind of glad the new show gifted kind of pushed Gotham to Thursdays so I can see Gotham kind of going off into the, into the night. <laughs> I'm still watching Gotham. <laughs> it's you know, it's Batman. I can. But it's Batman not. related. I was gonna but say, and, the, and that's a good. It's, that's why I said. That's why I said Batman related. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, I like I love Batman, but I'm in the, I'm kind of in the same boat as both Dave and Abe. Like, I just I watched like four or five episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. Like. And I agree that the villains were an answer to Batman. It's an interesting spin on it, but it's just not something I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't really excite me. Yeah. Steve, do you have any that you just. So this one, either people are going to agree with me or I'm going to get <laughs> crucified. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, the biggest one for me is the Star Trek, the original series. I. I just can't watch it. Hmm. I, I, I love Next Generation. I, you know, I just cannot get into the original series. That's fair, though. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's a dated thing. Like, it's hard to go back on that. I think. Uh, sorry, Shan. No, no. I was going to say the same thing. That unless it's a nostalgia factor, it's really hard for me to go back and watch old sci-fi stuff. Because I'm just like, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes nostalgia is better left to nostalgia. Yeah, I want to go back. Yeah, <laughs> like I, that door shut. I still it, revisit. It's better in my memory than it will ever be in reality. So. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm speaking of you, Knight Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you know, oh, man. I tried to revisit X Files, but when the when they did the the new season, 
and oh. like like you watch that kind of sci-fi and it's just so dated like why don't they use a cell phone oh yeah it's 1996 uh not many people running around with cell phones um, right. then i rewatch buffy at least once a year and yeah i mean for somebody to jump into it now and we'll try to watch buffy and become a big fan i can see yeah. how it'd be difficult yeah, I tried to show Buffy to my boyfriend, and he was not feeling it. He's like, what is going on? It's <laughs> terrible makeup. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, I won't try. <laughs> uh, what house would you guys be in Game of Thrones? Oh. Stark. Stark. I, I love wolves. Sorry. it's. <laughs> well, of course you do, Steve. That and I'm probably gonna vi- die a violent death someday, so I think it fits. <laughs> uh, betrayed by somebody? It, even odds. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to say Dothraki. Wow. Oh, I can see that. I could totally mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Because I'm a desert people. I was gonna say desert yeah. or horses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm actually in the fighting company of the wolves with Steve, but I would—I have always been super partial to, to the Targaryens, mostly just because I'm in love with Daenerys, and she can be my queen any day. <laughs> I, I have a man crush on Jon Snow, so <laughs> I would—I would lead Stark, but I guess it could also be Targaryen. I don't, you know, spoilers. I don't know. Maybe. Either way, yeah. He's a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> right, right. If the theories are true, that is, that is true. Though the Targaryen piece would be nice because it would be nice to have a fucking dragon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get into the whole Game of Thrones thing, I can throw around some theories that I have, but oh that, boy, that would take the whole hour. So <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you back for a Game of Thrones talk. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> Oh, I have a good question. So uh, the thing I think is most annoying, or I imagine would be most annoying for a vendor, is when someone walks up to your booth and is like, oh, I can make that. Oh, what? what? <laughs> like People do well, that? I hear it a lot. People are like, oh, I can make that for like cheaper. I don't need to spend that much money. What is the worst customer you get at a booth, at a comic, or at a convention? Um, the stuff we make is pretty unique. And I haven't really experienced that yet, believe it or not. We had a guy come up who does laser cut. He does coasters and keychains and stuff. And he walked up to our booth and he's like, oh, my clock game sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, I made a couple of clocks because, you know, I just figured I'd give it a shot. And then I could walk over here and see all this stuff. And damn. <laughs> That's awesome. No, we the I think it's the. So we don't have a lot of people that come up and say like, hey, I could do that or or, or that sort of thing. Because like Abe said, I think we're pretty unique in the uh, the con vendor scene with what we do. Um, I've had a couple people that come up and almost seem almost seem flat out offended that we don't have their fandom represented and and almost to the extent of actually being a little pissed off at us like that we don't have more doctor who clocks or that we don't wow. have um we we have a couple overwatch clocks and i had a guy that was like legitimately upset that we didn't have a roadhog clock like somehow we should have anticipated his needs on that so i think that's probably the only thing is like you know people that 
people that get maybe a, a little too uptight about their own fandom when it comes to finding what they want. I've never heard of these That's people. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but that makes sense. It's, it's awesome that you guys are that unique, but I mean, it's crazy that people, I don't know, people get really like, what's the word I'm looking for? Entitled? Mm-hmm. At conventions, maybe? Or just in life. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it goes back to what I said before. There's so many fandoms out there that we want to do all of them, but it's usually the person who, you know, pays us the fee to to design and build their clock first that right. becomes an item that we throw up on our in our stock. And um, it, it's if we get a chance to do the stuff we want to do, you know, those are few and far between. So... We do like the idea of having every character of Overwatch done, but <laughs> we've only had a few of them so far. Sure. So, yeah. Um, kind of jumping back to the the Kickstarter and uh, how did you guys get into like like that style or that genre? Like, did the RPG or just D and D? Was it straight up starting with D and D? I started D and D when I was in sixth grade. So yeah, for me it was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the Red Box. Um, you know, back in the time when it was, uh, you know, if you played D&D, you were a cult member and sure. you were going to burn in hell. And so we, we did it all, you know, during recess or we, we'd hide in, you know, in the back of the school, in the back of the lunchroom and, and you know, and play. Not like, um, not like the Stranger Things kids playing in a friend's basement? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, that was that was me. That was my childhood was, you know, hundreds of hours of D&D. Um, and so I've always been a D&D gamer. I've played some other... I did, I did Vampire for a while. I did, I've did. i done Rifts. I've done Savage Worlds. A couple of different flavors of that. Uh, but I've always been a D&D kid. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where I live. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually got started a lot later. I was, um, I was 18 the first time I ever played. Because mm-hmm. um, I was one of those people that... You know, looked for the cult members amongst the D and D people <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, um, but I had a uh, a, a great conversion and <laughs> went to the dark side and never looked back. But yeah, for me it was D and D when I started out, and then um, played a lot of riffs. Um, and then over the course of the years, you know, poked around a couple different you know systems with the fate system and some of that stuff. Um, and right now. I mean, it's in part, you know, with some of the work we're doing on the cases and research along those lines. Um, I'm running, I think, four different games that I'm that I'm actually running for different people. Uh, wow! So we're playing playing a little riffs, little D and D. I'm actually uh, running a game for Abe, uh, his son, and my my eldest, getting them hooked early. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and having fun with it so i I, you know as i said i've never played it i've always wanted to i've just never had the friends you know that did play it um and Mm -hmm. when i was growing up i was more of a comic book guy so i didn't really look for those kids um that were playing it to kind of join in uh now in my uh mature years maybe i don't know your advanced age i guess uh (laughs) I've been wanting to get into it, not knowing where to start, not knowing what to do. What, uh, what, as as seasoned veterans of the RPG world that you both are, what would you give? What kind of advice would you give to somebody just trying to dive into this immerse, uh, 
geekdom. I would say go to your local gaming store and see if they offer a night where they they do D&D encounters. Mm-hmm. And it's basically they give you a pre-generated character, they teach you how to play and you do a a scenario with like five other random people where um you they'll have a list of characters that you can all choose from and you create your own party that way. Um that way you don't have to worry about character building or the backstory or any of the more detailed, more advanced levels of um character generation. You just have this this character that they give you and then they explain how, how the mechanic works and how the your abilities uh, your abilities work and then they run you through a scenario and it takes usually about an hour, sometimes two. Um but that that's a good way to get your feet wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my biggest recommendation would be to dive in. Sure. I mean, it's one of those things that from the outside can be intimidating as hell, um, just because it's uh, you know it's a whole new game and there are a lot of different rules and different nuances and different ways that different people play. Uh, but the way you learn it and the way you get good at it is um, by doing. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I have yet now may, maybe I'm unique in this, but <laughs> I have yet to have an experience playing with other gamers where anyone got uptight because I wasn't 100 percent familiar with the rules or because I didn't quite know what I was doing. Um, I've always had maybe I've just been lucky, but I've always had um, good experiences with people that are willing to help me figure things out as we go along. OK. And then basically I would start with an essentials case and then go from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to buy our case first. Right, <laughs> right. I got to walk into one of these these things with the essentials case looking like a pro sitting down and saying, I'm an idiot. Teach me. Well, yes, hey, it's essential, okay? Right. That's what I'm saying. You walk into <laughs> one of our cases, they're going to think you're like Tom Cruise in The Color of Money. You know, just... <laughs> right. This kid's hey, this here. This guy's playing us. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he's, there's no way There's no way he's a rookie. Exactly. I don't think I've touched, like, a tabletop-style um, RPG in years. And I just recently started up a Fate game with a crew, and I definitely agree. Just jump into it. Because once you once you start rolling, like, it's, it's, it's a snowball effect. Um, it just gets easier. Um the more you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 definitely something I want to I want to tackle and jump into because I feel like I'd have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I kind of want to incorporate it into our podcast as well. Uh, maybe do an episode a month where a, a group of us do this via podcast type thing. And of course, we would all have an essentials case. There you go. <laughs> when Dave awesome. says... When Dave says I want to do this, he's really saying he stole that idea from me. It was suggested by Shannon, and I I took it away from her. That's what a good CEO does. Right, right. Take all the credits <laughs> and uh, said yoink. Right. <laughs> uh, back to the Kickstarter um, before we wrap things up. Uh, we got a little bit of time left. Um, so you have the different levels of kick. Everybody knows what Kickstarter uh, does. You got the rewards. So let's kind of go through them, if you don't mind, um, telling people how they can get involved and help support you guys and what, you know, because they, they need stuff in return. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You got to get stuff in return. <laughs> right. Uh, so you're on Kickstarter. Uh, easy way to find you. Um, I, I mean, I found you through the Facebook, um, the Kickstarter, I should say. 
but I'm sure if you just go to Kickstarter and search Mac Wolf Productions or the Essentials case, you should be able to find it pretty easily. Yeah, it pops right up. Okay. And you've got quite a few rewards I see here, uh, starting off at a dollar and going all the way up the scale. Um, wh- what kind of rewards do you guys see going? Oh, you got some that are already gone. Oh, nice. Yep. So we have, um, so basically what we have is we have, um, various tiers going up, um, the uh, the lower end pledge for an actual essential essentials case is without any engraving, so it's just a clear, nice, clean, clear lid. Um, then we offer some premier engraving, and uh, when you guys, when everyone who's listening jumps on the uh, Kickstarter, they'll be able to see all the different artwork that we've been able to get from the artists that we've partnered with. Um, and then we also have we're also doing some custom engraving which is you know you 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 basically you pick it you send it to us and we'll put it on the case for you so that can be anything from if you have a particular logo you like or um even a a regular picture like we can even do like photo engraving so we we have um pretty cool options there uh, we may have to jump we, in and get one with our logo on it and sell that, you know, that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of that sort of stuff, people getting like business logos and such, um, we're also doing some, we have some re- retailer packs that are down towards the bottom. So if anyone knows of a, a business like a gaming store or anything like that, that would like to uh, purchase at wholesale, um, they can purchase uh, sets of 10 or 20 and then we can do their logo or, or do whatever they would like to have done on them. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of cool. We're, we're trying to work with some of the local game stores and, um, a couple of the places around here, uh, that are focused on gaming and comics, um, kind of help create something for them to be able to have personalized for their store. Yeah, that's awesome. I've got I've got a quick question about like the the engraving, mm-hmm. yeah the engraving. How long does that usually take? Um, really depends on how high of resolution we're trying to get. Um, the uh, if we're trying to get a higher like a photo engraving resolution, um, a single piece can take fifteen to twenty minutes to go through. Uh, if it's like a logo or something vector image based, so real clean uh, curves and, and solid forms on it, um, we can usually do it in five or six minutes. So it's a pretty, pretty fast and easy uh, thing to do. Yeah, it's um, really the, the the challenges that are in it are just getting getting the laser cutter configured correctly and getting the files set up and all that. So once we get all those things dialed in exactly where we want them, uh, we're able to we're able to knock them out pretty quickly. Do you have any uh, like um, like mess ups ever with them? <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's oh, a yes. story there. <laughs> so so first on my end, yeah, yeah. Occasionally. 
um, will will misconfigure um, the laser cutter um, adjusts the focal length of where the actual laser um, beam hits and you, you adjust that by moving the bed up and down and if you uh, don't do that correctly you can be cutting along and have it catch on an edge and yank the whole thing sideways and uh, then it slices right through all the nice pieces you just got done engraving um, so that can be a pain in the butt sometimes so you gotta just be real careful with what you're doing there um, I'll, I'll let Abe tell the story because I, I kind of rage and hulk out a little bit if I tell it. <laughs> so um, we were doing a custom clock that was done out of acrylic, and it was going to look like the Death Star. And it was about halfway through the case, or halfway through the cut, um, etching in. And this is a big piece of acrylic, and acrylic is pretty expensive. So it was a, it's a costly cut. And um, where we do our cutting is in a place called the Tinker Mill. It's a makerspace, and it's one of the reasons we're doing the Kickstarter so that we can buy our own laser mm. um, for this reason. Um, during the cut, while it was midway through the thing, there's a glass top on the laser so you could watch it do what it's doing. Um, random guy A walks up, hits the pause button, opens up the laser just to see what was going on and he totally bricked it because the laser didn't quite align back up when it when everything was closed back down and turned back on and it you know wasted a 20 dollar piece of acrylic so wow yeah steve um almost strangled him but the director of the makerspace was there and asked the guy to leave (laughs) nice so yeah it was good times (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We gotta start wrapping up. Uh Shannon Kyle, did you have any more questions for these fine gentlemen? Uh no, I think I stole the mic plenty there, so <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, I'm good. I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> okay. All right. We will have links to everything in the show notes for anybody listening that wants to head over to the Kickstarter. You've got uh what's the, the date for the Kickstarter? Um, so it goes all the way through June 9th. Okay. So uh, we'll be tweeting it out and uh, putting it on our Facebook as well so as many people as possible can take a look at it and uh, hopefully jump in on it. I, I highly recommend that you do. If you're a, a tabletop RPG-type uh, fan, uh, you know it's got other purposes too, I'm sure, uh, for gamers out there. Um, all kinds of stuff to do with it. And it just it looks cool. Uh, it's a good conversation piece too. I mean... And even if you're not into the tabletop RPGs, you guys still make some amazing stuff. So check out their Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, one more time, the Facebook page, guys. Uh, how can they find you on Facebook? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash MacWolf Pro. All right. Any other social media that you guys are on, like uh, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Uh, Twitter, it's MacWolf Pro. Okay. And do we have an Instagram? Uh, maybe I might have set one up at some point. <laughs> if we do, it's not very active. Perfect. <laughs> then Twitter and Facebook, it is. That's all we need. Uh, there we go. And then, yeah, I'll have the Kickstarter link in the show notes as well. Guys, uh, thank you so much for coming on um, and talking random stuff and about this awesome, awesome Kickstarter that you're doing. Cool. Thank you. It was great ha- having us here. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Hopefully the Kickstarter is real successful and uh, we'll check in on it and we'll definitely promote it. And if I have an extra 50 bucks, I will buy one. Sweet. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right. That is our interview with the gentleman of uh, Mac Wolf Productions, LLC, or just Mac Wolf Productions. Uh, awesome name. Um, I, awesome product, too. Uh, very practical for any D&Ders out there. RPG people are like uh, Channel was saying, or just anybody. Um, can make use of this case and it looks cool yeah absolutely um, so yeah all the links for their their Kickstarter Facebook Twitter all that good stuff's in the show notes so do us a favor show some support and some love for those guys if you can't uh, do a Kickstarter for them at least spread the word to you know your friends that do uh, you know might have some little little cash and want to support something awesome um, or you can go to their Facebook and they got other products if D&D is not your thing um, they have all their very very cool stuff or just support the guys because they're cool dudes clearly if you listen yeah absolutely and all about nerd supporting nerds and it's great <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Shannon for setting that up you're welcome happy to do it i like i love interviews i think that was fun yeah uh congratulations to you both on your first atomic kingdom interview Woo! internet five that's right that's right um <clears throat> as far as us atomic kingdom uh what we got going on the book club uh atomic kingdom book club will have its first meeting at the end of the month actually it'll be the first week of june and uh we are doing we are legion we are bob and the author of the book has agreed to do an interview with us so we're gonna have that as part of our first book club meeting so half the episode will be us discussing the book and the rest will be an interview with the writer so um we're just ironing out the details for recording um he turned down my first date that i offered for the recording so i got to get back to him and find out what date we're actually going to do it um upcoming episodes of the podcast uh, we're going to do a wonder woman 101 since that movie is coming out and we're all stoked to see it oh yes <laughs> i still need to get my tickets for it oh you better hurry up i got mine i got I mine know. i'm probably going the friday yeah, I gotta go Thursday because the next day is my birthday. Oh, yeah. the actual day. Dave, you're old. Uh, thank <laughs> you. I know. I, I need no oh. one to tell me. Although people see me, they don't think I'm that old, which I guess is a compliment. Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, my present is Wonder Woman comes out on my birthday, so that's pretty awesome. I'll take that. And maybe I could go see it with Gal Gadot. That'd be cool too. <laughs> that would be good. No. All right, Gal Gadot, if you're listening. If. If, please. She's our biggest would fan. You, would you take Chris Pine? I would. <laughs> I, I would. All right, Chris Pine. If you're listening. Dan, Danny Houston? Sure. Why not? I can't I can't think of anybody else that's in the movie at this moment, but there are other big names. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do a Wonder Woman 101 to get you ready for the movie. Uh, most everyone knows the Wonder Woman story, but there are characters in the movie you may not know about, and we'll help you... Uh, figure them out before you go see this movie because everyone's going to go see it. <clears throat> uh, check out last week's episode in which um, Jenny, not Jenny, I'm sorry, Shannon, myself, and Johnny uh, geek out all about Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and all of that good stuff. So go back an episode and check that out if you wish. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyle, if people want to find you uh, and your Twitter shenanigans, how can they do so? Uh, you can 
follow me on Twitter at Kyle Krause 89. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also listen to our season two um, season of uh, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, which is Legends TV Talk. Um, at, at the time of this recording, uh, we we just found out about what season three is going to be about. So I, I put a link to that in um, our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash legends TV talk. So hit us up there and what, talk to us about that. I haven't seen it. Was it at the upfronts today? Yeah, it was at the upfronts and I'm not too happy about arrow moving days either. What day? Wait, what, what's happening there? It is moving right behind supernatural on Thursdays. Yeah, or is it going in front of? That would be in front of. I think Supernatural is the last show of the night. Yeah, yeah. So it's so yeah. Stephen Amell tweeted out, uh, "I've waited five. I've waited five years to be in front of uh, Supernatural." Nice. Yeah. Nice. But uh, Legends is now going to be on Tuesdays with Flash. So that's wow. Set in stone. Weird. Okay. Yeah. And what do they say? And you're saying they they revealed the plot of this the season? Or? Yeah, they they revealed the plot of season three, uh, which I was very surprised that they did yeah. something like that. And where is it? Yeah, it's it's on our Facebook page. It's okay. Pretty long. I'll look at it. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Look. You've teased it. Everybody should go to their Facebook page. Um, yeah, cool. All right, Shannon, uh, do you want to tell people your Twitter? Yeah, you can find me pretty much any social media that I'm on will be at Babs the Batgirl on Twitter and Instagram and Goodreads if you want to read books with me. Ooh, so, I need to whatever. find. Yeah, I need to follow you on Goodreads. Yeah. Um, we are at Atomic Geekdom on pretty much everything. Facebook, you can find us. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are on YouTube as well. You're going to want to follow us there very soon. We have footage from Jenny and Patrick's coverage of Whedon Con, which takes place uh, the weekend of May 19th, 20th, and 21st. Highly recommend uh, if you're there next year to take care of it, uh, to go check that out. It's, you know, all things Joss Whedon, uh, you know, Dollhouse, Firefly, Buffy, uh, Dr. Horrible, all of that stuff. Actors, writers, all that good stuff come out and hang out this year. Uh, some of the big names are like Nicholas Brendan um, is going to be there. Uh, David Fury, one of the writers, executive producers, he's still doing awesome stuff. Uh, so Camden Toy, who was like the, one of the Uber vamps and one of the gentlemen, and he's like a you know kind of like a Andy Circus type guy. Um, yeah, so very cool. So be on the lookout for that on our YouTube page. Uh, we got articles and all kinds of stories and stuff written by everybody here on the podcast at atomicgeekdom.com. So please go check it out. Uh, if you enjoyed the show tonight, tell a friend, um, rate us, review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Thank you both for joining me this evening. Thanks for having yeah, us, no Dave. Problem, Dave. Yeah. Anytime. I say we do it again, uh, maybe next week. Uh, one way or another, there will be an Atomic Geekdom next week with the three of us, perhaps. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll be there. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Have a good week and uh, be good to each other. Let's just leave it on that. Be good to each other. All right. See ya.